Whoa. <laughs> you like these? Why am I just seeing yeah, those? Yeah, I don't know why. You haven't said anything. Those are your first. First time wearing them. Oh, my goodness. How are you liking them? You look pumped. They're, yeah, they're fucking sweet. They do a special occasion. What's the occasion? This or this? After this. No, this. Huge. Or you, bike. Are you taking those off before you go to yeah, dinner? I'm going to put them on the wrap. I'm going to put them on the phone line. Should I get a fucking shelf just to put those on? I'm down. Wow. Yeah, those are uh, those are sleek. I feel like I can slide off those. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if they're nice, but. Okay. <laughs> Heather, Heather's like. You look fly. <laughs> She's like, is that what people are still saying? I was like, I have to go. I'm gonna have. I'm gonna take a bunch of B-roll as we're filming. Oh, did I get fire on him? This is the view that I get. Look at this. Look at this. Foot shake. It's like a holographic card. Yeah, it's like a Charizard. Imagine caught on fire. I'd be devastated. Hold on. I don't know if it's espresso or it's. Or it's this. What do you mean? Like, I got butterflies. You right scared? Now. No, I'm pumped up. I'm excited. Why are you laughing? <laughs> doctors hate him. Who said that? Dude, you. Uh, doctors hate Doctors him. hate you, yeah. Why? Because I'm on fire? Because they can't figure out how you're fucking so... Fly? Yeah, you're so <laughs> saucy. <laughs> It's Sunday. Why are you yelling? Literally four months, and that's how you did it. Four months. That's how you bring it back, dude. You can't bust that's your the you can't bust your whole nut in the first four seconds. Dude, of I filming. was locked in like I was in King of Cop first row, and I was I was taking off, and yeah. that's how you did it. You way overshot. Damn. I'm just I'm trying to ride into this smoothly. You can't just fucking put the pedal to the metal immediately sitting down in a fucking Ferrari, Steve. Are you? I feel like Actually, that's, that's exactly literally what, what it's built for. <laughs> Well, we're, exactly well, we're not Ferraris, all right? Okay, right we're now like we're Jeep like Kias. Wranglers. Jeep Wranglers are nice. We could be like a Tesla. Like we have no engine. I'm not sure where I was. What I meant by that. Yeah. I just know they're like nice cars, but they're not like Ferrari. <laughs> hey, Tony, nicest. I said cut. Cut. We haven't done a Why You Yelling episode. I want to. I want to say like since September. Yeah. Something like that. It's been five, six months. Yeah, because I moved out of the city for work. I still was coming in, but then we we're like, this isn't really working. You weren't really giving good content. You were busy with, you know, football, some sort of thing, sports. Fuck that, right? Won't like, make that mistake. Yeah, again. like, I don't know what you were doing, so we just stopped. And then you forced me to come in and said, we have to come back. I'm so fucking pissed that I gave you the vanilla espresso. Very good. Um, yeah, so as you can see, a lot of things changed, though, in the five or six months. I have an espresso machine. Like I'm a, You have a fire pit? I have a fire pit in my apartment. My apartment, big upgrade. Yeah, fire pit? <laughs> <laughs> then espresso, you got a few more cracks in the ceiling. Uh, <laughs> the painting. The painting, yeah. the TV is gorgeous. It is very nice. A little off-centered, but no one's going to know. Well, the problem is all the walls in this place are off-centered. So, like, no matter what you hang, there's going to be something that's crooked. I feel like that should have went horizontal. Like that way? Yeah. Maybe. 100%. I don't think it's supposed to. It's not what the artist said. The artist said it's not a horizontal painting. He really said that? No. Okay. But I just never really thought about it going horizontal. Whatever. It doesn't fucking matter. All right. So we we need to, uh, I don't know what we need to do. I just feel like there's a lot going on. Yeah. And we need to. Break it down for talk. y'all? Yeah. We need to talk about it. We cry a little bit. Cry? I don't want to cry today. You never really had a choice. You get on the microphones. It's like lubricant for tears. I love it. <laughs> a lot of things been going on. We just You just came back from your California tour. How did that go? Yeah, I mean, you were with me for the first leg of it, the San Diego. Um, I would say, like, San Diego was chill. L.A. was pretty hectic. Vegas was business. Okay. But wasn't L.A. business, too? Content more? Uh, I mean, realistically, I we were there for five days. I probably did four to five pieces of content, mm-hmm. which is, like, not that much, you know? Especially if they're only, like, actually, well... It wasn't really business. Like we were going out and just like drinking and partying and whatever. The first night we were out, it reminded me because you just said when you went out to dinner, the person gave you like a full glass of tequila. Yeah. The first night we were out there, we went to dinner at this really nice place. And Mike Vrabel, the head coach of the Tennessee Titans, was at the table directly next to us. And he, while we were there, there was like the announcement on Twitter that he had just won NFL head coach of the year. Yeah. He, he must've already known that. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. But uh, he was in really good spirits. He was with like three of his buddies and then like two pretty well-known ESPN reporters like Jeff Darlington and Diana Rossini, I think their names are, were at the table and they were just like 
getting fucking after it. But we were ordering tequila. Me and like Jack were drinking tequila, and the guys kept coming back with like fistful glasses of tequila. Jeez. Got fucking after it. Yeah. Any correlation with that head coach? Or you just no. It was I just like, you like he like here you go, buddy. Now we were all drinking tequila together. He yeah. didn't know that we were doing it together, but we were all kind of oh, doing it he together did. in spirit. Um, that was just like the vibe of the trip, though. That's, it it yeah. was like we went to a party. Actually, Jeremy hosted the fucking party at his Airbnb. Thank you, Underdog Fantasy. I'm forever in your debt. I don't know what this is. house is certainly a front for something else. Say hello, Sam. Hey, Dad. <laughs> I fucking hate you. <laughs> this fridge is fucking ridiculous. Chase Claypool, Matt Judon, Marlon Humphrey, fucking uh, Najee Houston, the skateboarder, the the Nelk boys, Bob Mannery was there. It was like a it was like a party that you see on Instagram that you're like, whoa, these people live weird lives. We were at that party. How did you feel out of place? Yeah. Did you talk to anybody? Uh, no one. Square people. No up? one. Yeah, like they knew not to come near me. Yeah, that shit. So like, Did you stand there the whole time like that? Not the whole time, but for a large majority of it, as soon as I let my shit down, that's when people came over. Gotcha. I talked to like random people at the party, but it's like those, it just feels like weird. It, it feels like disingenuine going up to people and just like talking to them because you know of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you're at a party, it's cool to talk to people like randomly that you meet and you're like, oh, okay. We like ran into each other while we're waiting to get a fucking fill up of our beer. Cool to cut, start a conversation, but I feel always awkward going up to people like that, like out of nowhere, you know? Like, would you... What's funny, at work, a lot of Giants players come in, and I have no idea who they are. So I'll have, like, a casual conversation with them, and then we'll, like, Google them. Then I'll get weird. I'm like, oh, shit, that person was important. Or, like, the new coach came in. I I mean, I he looks like a regular white guy yeah. that lives in North Bergen. They ball. Yeah. <laughs> and... He came in, didn't recognize him at first, but then he had all the Giants gear, so I was like, put two and two together, and then it got weird. Yeah, I just like would never go up to, there, there's like a very select few people of celebrities or whatever I would go up to and be like, and start a conversation. It, it would genuinely, I'd need to have something to say to them. Yeah. Be like, yo, I'm such a fan of your work, or like, this thing you did was like really cool or like impactful to me. Like, I really, you know, admire you or some shit like that. I wouldn't just be like, oh, you're fucking Marlon Humphrey. And then the person's just like, yeah. And I'm just like, Okay, like you're like an animal to me or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's like, yeah, and you're just like, <laughs> square. Yeah. So, um, so I don't know. Those parties are probably really fun if you know everybody. Yeah. But um, or if they know you, so it's a equal. Like, let's get this out of the way, and then we could just talk like normal people. Yeah. You need a, You need surprisingly no one there knew me. It's crazy. That's out of control. Out of control. Like the biggest fantasy football weekend of I, the year. I immediately left LA after that. I could imagine. And he went directly to Straight uh, to Vegas, yeah. So that was like kind of the vibe of LA most of the time. Uh, we spent a lot of time in the house, though, because as as everyone like house knows. house was incredible. house was incredible, but LA is like very spread out. So you need, it's not like New York when you can go like, oh, we're going to try this bar. If it doesn't work out, we'll go to 19 of the other bars down the street or something. But it's like, you have to plan accordingly. Mm. And, and hopping, it's like, oh, we're going to go to this party. If we can't go to this party or whatever, it's like we need to have a plan B that we know about that's kind of in the, you know, it's shit like that. Yeah. Uh, Vegas, we got to the hotel and I got to the hotel. I kind of hit out the first day. Yeah. Because I was just like trying to chill after LA. Um, Vegas, yeah, Vegas was chill. I got to meet, you know, people that I haven't met before that I just know on Twitter and then uh, spoke on that panel. Well, it's funny because you've always told me you don't like public speaking. So I'm assuming this was the first time you publicly spoke in a decade. Maybe <laughs> this was probably the first. This is the first time I've like seriously publicly spoke. Yes. How was that? I was probably nervous for like the first eight seconds, but pretty fucking comfortable after that. That's good. It's also though because you look. Were you looking up the whole time? Um. No, I was looking in the crowd as yeah. I was speaking. It was four of us on the panel, and we had like kind of prepared a little bit beforehand, like how the gist of it was going to go. We had like one. One girl was, uh, I think her name was Jennifer, was like hosting it. 
And then she asked the first question and then she was like, Nick, I'll let you take this away. And I was like, oh, fuck. Like, <laughs> I'm the first one and you look out and there's like 200 people there or whatever. So yeah. it's like pretty nerve wracking. But the fact that I wasn't like up there speaking, like having like a keynote speech or some shit like that. So I can imagine that would be nerve wracking. Also, it was on the subject of content marketing, which like is probably the single thing I'm most comfortable talking about in the world. So you just a lot of it's like muscle memory, the things that I'm talking about and the things that they ask, you know, so. Uh, it was easy for me to like get into my zone and my flow and people said I did really well. So, well, that's awesome. I feel like you got a lot of things out of Las Vegas. I don't know what we can speak on. I don't know what we can't speak on. Uh, so therefore I'm just gonna, yeah, um, we say, can't really speak on anything. What I'll oh, say, like, excellent. <laughs> what I'll say, what I'll say is both times I've been to Vegas, I've gone with the mindset that I'm like, I don't really want to go. Yeah. Both times I've gone have been, extremely extremely beneficial to bdg as a business yeah i feel like you just go to a roulette table and you put 10 down on a number and it hits every single time we've pretty much came away with our two biggest deals ever both from the vegas weekends that's amazing yeah so those things are like things i'll probably have to continue to go into um and i think a lot of it was like people meeting me in person and seeing just how clued in clued in i am like especially when i was on stage and people are like oh he's like like really understands this landscape and shit. Those kind of things are almost like priceless yeah. to get in front of people for, you know, cause otherwise it's, you know, they don't, they don't know you. They can like scour what you're doing on social media and shit, but until that physical energy is there and like you really get to see someone and be like, Oh, you know, that that's the real deal. Or like these are people that I want to work with or whatever. It's, it's not there yet. And that kind of like secures it. No, it's pretty dope because in the, I want to say real world, but the corporate world, the only time I get to show out are like meetings with the big wigs, right? Or like an event and I really have to show up. Like this is something that every year you can look forward to and just start connecting with them and they see you and it's just like, it just fucking always works. Yeah. You always hit. I don't know if I'll ever go back to it again, to be honest. What I want them to do. Wait, what? <laughs> Why? I fucking, I don't know. Oh, you, I, I might go back. You have to. Yeah. They're probably going to have me go on that panel. That was the first time they ever did content marketing panel. There. Gotcha. And what I talked to the person who like organized the whole thing. And I was just like, I was like, really, you know me, once I get comfortable, I'm like, I kind of try to take control of shit. Yeah. And I was talking to her. It's a, a lady named, I think her name is Stacy Stern or something. I think she works for FanDuel. And I was like, Stacy, I was like, let me run the content marketing panel next year and let me like bring on who's going to be on it. Because she was like, the way you came off was like very, uh, in control and like the way you see things is like very cool. And like, you're, you know, the new wave of people coming into the industry. And I was like, let me put together the panel for next year and we'll give you like a fucking explosive performance out of it. And she's yeah. like, she loved it. So yeah. I'm like, so I'm, you know, like I could pull people like Jack and Pete and people that I'm like, you know, that I already know that we have really good chemistry and are also like leading the way. Exactly. The yeah. So I'd love to put together a panel like that. Cause the people that were on the panel, very nice guys come from extremely different backgrounds and much more of like a corporate background that doesn't really like I don't want to like make, make them sound bad but like doesn't really help people that already see things from the way they see it you know gotcha. what I'm saying like when I'm sitting there one of the first things I realized as I was sitting there because I'm trying to like re the, I've only ever spoke about content from the perspective of me making it or like trying to help other content creators get better at creating content yeah I've never spoke on it from like uh oh everyone in the room is like an operator at a tech company, runs a software company, like this is what content can do for your company, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I think a lot of them only see it from like the corporate side. I'm like, no, you got to understand it from my side. Like you got to take as heavily invested as you are about your product and the tech that your product has. If you guys don't have, if you don't take content as seriously, if not more seriously than the fucking tech that you're working on, you're going to have zero distribution. Yeah. You're going to have zero marketing. You're going to have, ze you won't have an engine to run your fucking company. 100%. And, and I'm trying to tell them to be more serious about that. No, and I think that's 100% correct because now in the corporate settings, like it's funny because I work the retail side and there's a corporate side and the corporate side never comes and asks us questions. I'm like, everything you do is for us. Right. But we know, you know nothing of what we do. And when they come in, they're like, customers come in? Yeah. It's like, and yeah, motherfucker, let me tell you about there, this. It's a problem. And it's just like, and I think the companies that understand what their people that actually, get the ads to work and everything like they're the face are the ones that are thriving. Mm -hmm. Like, like you said, look at what underdog when you first signed with them, they were like small, but you knew Jeremy. It was, he, you believed in his vision. And I feel, I mean, I don't really bet nor play fantasy football, but it seems like I, I, I see commercials on YouTube TV now. For oh underdog. yeah. They're all, over you know? So like, yeah. it's like, 
they understood it and they are blown up within a year and a half, I would say. Because they did because they knew yeah. how to combine content with tech. Exactly. Right. Most of them are products first, and I respect that. And and you've seen me personally, there's 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 like uh there's such a gap, right? Like I'm in that room and the conference is the FSGA, the Fantasy Sports Gaming Association. Yeah. So there's companies that are gambling companies and there's companies that are fantasy companies. And I'm like, everyone kind of puts them in the same boat. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, you these two com- types of companies couldn't be more different in my eyes because gambling companies are product tech companies. They're more SaaS and software companies okay. than than fantasy companies. Fantasy companies are strictly, you've watched me, I'm a, we're a content company. We're not a tech company. You've watched me struggle to produce tech and yeah. produce web developers. Yeah. <laughs> there needs to be a gap between the two. The ones that are going to be the most successful over the next five years are the ones that start their business with a tech and content mindset right fantasy companies yeah fantasy companies only like once we get our tech side down we're going to be so dangerous because we have the distribution but but companies that start with the fucking tech side that don't have the distribution are going to be playing catch up for five years you know what i mean and fantasy's down here with content gambling's tech up here they need to both sides need to meet halfway and that's the biggest problem i see in the industry as a whole that's interesting but i feel like that's the reason why what we can't speak on right now, but like the biggest things you are about to work towards is like, yeah. they stay, see the value in that, which is awesome. Yeah. And once you can connect those two, like you have leverage at every aspect of the supply chain, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you make your own, pro- you have your own audience so you can make your own products. You already have the tech side down. Like you can con- completely monopolize and control the distribution of like everything that you do. You know, that's what companies should be continuously trying to cut out the middlemen, like left and fucking right all the time. So until facto, <sighs> You're going bike to Las Vegas. We'll next be bike next year. <laughs> they have a fucking yeah. They're trying to pull me. They do one in the summer too, in like fucking Michigan or something. Yeah, they're like, you come in. I was like, absolutely. Yeah. I'm barely coming back to fucking <laughs> Vegas. But now you're bike in a city. The sun is out. The ice melted from yesterday. The sun's not out. The sun's out. It's very nice outside. It's cold, but it's nice out. And in three days, two days, we have a place. I could have, have I, I could have done better, you but we, we, a little bit maybe. Yeah, we we have <laughs> a place, a place again. <laughs> we uh, yes, our first office space lease is finally took forever executed. Even up until like yesterday, it wasn't done because we needed to get seventeen different types of insurance, business insurance, workers comp, fucking workers comp, everything. We it's, got is BDG uni, uni. I think I think we, we might got swindled into being a union. <laughs> I don't know. They just kept telling me like the I'm working with seven lawyers and they're all telling me these things. And then like the landlord requires you to have these six different types of insurances. Gotcha. So like my lawyer sends me a recommendation for someone that I should go through insurance, and the insurance person's like, "Here's the nine fucking things that you need on top of the other things." Gotcha. She sends me over another thing yesterday that was like. Most media companies have, your landlord doesn't require this, but most media companies have this type of insurance to block against like plagiarism and all this shit. I'm just like, no, (laughs) fuck you. We're plagiarizing and I don't give a fuck if you sue us. So that's the, that's the nonsense. You don't care if someone sues you? Let's go. We're a union. We're protected. Yeah, exactly. You can't sue us. Can we pick a union name? Um, Can we be like Lot 45 or like, you know, whatever (laughs) they do for like the plumbing union? I don't know what they do. Local 64. Okay, we'll be the local 64 union. I don't like that. Yeah, it was terrible. Okay. Well, we'll figure I don't know. Out. I didn't know unions had names. I can't wait to put the giant rat. Uh, you know, when unions are on strike, they put up a giant rat in front of the building. <laughs> I'm going to do that for you. We don't support BDG. Yeah, so that's why that stuff takes so fucking long because there's just 92 different little f- fucking things you're trying to tie together. But 94% done? 100% done? We're, we're done. No, we're good. Oh, we're good. Everything's we're good. signed? Yeah. Are, are Lease you poor? is executed. Are you poor? Um, can you afford food? I'm no, we're not, I'm not even close to poor right now, but like in like three months time, how much cash do we have on hand? Our expense rate, I think is probably going to be close to like 30,000 a month, maybe. (laughs) So whatever cash I have on hand is going quickly. (laughs) Jeez. How Um, are you feeling about all that? I feel great. Excited. I feel good. Like there's no. I feel fine because of, you know, the things I can't speak about on camera. I feel, I feel fine because of that. Yeah. Okay. So, because it was funny when we were in the Uber going to San Diego, you were stressed. Yeah. And then, and, now and then because of what back, happened on that trip, I'm no longer stressed. You're no longer stressed. Not at all. That's amazing. Yeah. I didn't know if we were supposed to be still stressed no, or no, no. Oh, we good. No, we we eating good because of that. Nice. Can I have a corporate card? Um. No. Okay. I thought I had you since I was the union leader. I'm not even really sure what I was thinking about there. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out. 
like things that I need for the office. So we're filming this on February 26th. Yes. It's Saturday. Uh, yeah. Saturday, February 26th. The first day in the office, the lease starts on March 1st. So four days from now, three days from now. I'm going in on Monday because I have to get the keys and hook up the Wi-Fi in there. But there's just like a million things that go along with getting the office. Well, it's like hilarious to think that you're like, yeah, everyone's going to be in office March 1st. And like you have nothing there probably. Do you have chairs? So we have, there's actually a lot of like basic furniture in there already. Okay. Because the, whoever was the last company that was in there left like a nice big long black table as well as like a bunch of different little desks and chairs to, to work with whiteboards mm -hmm. and shit. So like, you know, all I, all my fucking needs is a whiteboard. All right I need in a life of sin is <laughs> yeah. me and my whiteboards. Facts. My whiteboards. Um, so yeah, we have all the basic shit in there that we'll need, but I'm taking my mom's car next week okay. so that we'll have it for like a few days so that we can bounce around to like Best Buy, Ikea, get all the, like the actual shit that we need. One thing I wasn't thinking of that someone brought up, I think when I was in LA was like, you're going to have problems furnishing the place in terms of couches, chairs. Fitting it? No, because of the supply chain issues. Oh. They're like, anything you try to order is going to take like three months to get to you. Yeah, it's still really bad out there. Yeah. But you're not also looking for like the cream of the crop. No, I just want something. I just want stuff. Yeah, but I feel like the stuff you want, other people don't want, and it'll be okay. there. <laughs> you, know, you get yeah, what I'm saying? Maybe, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You're going to see like a... A couch that looks like that, and you're like, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like shiny yeah. shit. Yeah. yeah. I have my basically like the way we have it. You haven't you haven't been in there? No. Okay. So like you walk in, there's a little room to the left, which I'm not even sure we're gonna do, but like it could be someone's office or debt. I don't know. Then there's another room to the left where I think we're gonna set up the multi person studio. Yeah. So if like three or four people are at a table, we could podcast from in there. To the right's like a kitchen area. Then you get like the big open area, which is where I think I'm going to buy a four person workstation so that the guys in the office could sit there. Tony Ike, Animal, Chris, the web developer can, yeah, can work there. Then there's like also attached to it is my room where it's going to be like my individual studio. So I actually ordered a bunch of stuff to set up. I found a YouTuber whose setup I love and I'm literally just going to replicate exactly how he has his shit set up. So I ordered a lot of the pieces of equipment. It's all like basic shit. It's not like a, it's, it's like two butcher block tabletops, Alexa drawers from Ikea that like sit underneath it, mm. some cool shit in the background. So my, my setup's going to be very basic. And then there's a room in the back, you go through a hallway, there's a room in the back that's going to be like our hangout slash like live stream room. And that's mm. the room that we're going to need to like decorate, get like furniture for a TV for and shit like that. So yeah, I, I imagine this is just going to be a complete ongoing pro as I mean, you've seen every apartment I've ever had. Yeah. Right? What's nice about this is I'm not saying it's long term, but at least you'll have it for a few years. So the, the lease is two years. We have a three-year renewal option at the end of two years. Oh, okay. It's big. It's very big. Yeah. So we can grow into it. I'm assuming like during the summer, we'll probably have like two interns or something working in there with us. Uh, maybe, you know, depending on how the year goes, we can maybe hire another person or two, mm -hmm. like full-time next year or something. So yeah, I mean, there's definitely room to grow into it. So That's we'll, awesome. we'll see. How are you feeling about everything overall? Like, are you just... Thinking about the content you're going to create or are you nervous about like having literally being your our boss now, essentially? Uh, like, if I you say you're fired, it really has weight now. Yeah, I haven't really <laughs> even given a second thought to like the fact that Nothing. I'm going to be a real boss yet. Nothing yeah. at all. I think that's going to be like something that just like happens naturally. Okay. Uh, content wise, the I mean, everyone who's watching has seen this, but we have a good rotation now where we yeah, have. Yeah, no, I've seen, I mean, the thumbnails look great. Mike on Monday. Me on Tuesday, Noah, Noah, Wednesday, Thursday, me again on Friday, sometimes me Saturday, and then Noah again on Sunday. So we have seven days of content going out, and I'm not really doing shit. It's like like we, we have, for the first time ever, automated this. We have a guy doing the thumbnails, who's talking to the editors, the editors talking to the content creators. I only do my own shit. It's beautiful. Like, I don't have to go in there and, like, change titles and keywords for other people's shit. That's great. Yeah, it's fantastic. So we have that flowing wonderfully. One thing I'm, like, maybe not nervous about, my second channel, though, yeah, the content, you know, the, you yeah, know what yeah, it yeah. is, but just to explain mm -hmm. to them, um, starting a second channel, it's already live right now. I haven't put any content on it, but it's basically taking people from the uh, something that they're passionate about, or like the ideation phase, all the way through becoming a full-time content creator. And I want originally, I wanted to do a series, and yeah. I wanted to do, make this like an epic series. And I was like, dude, it might just be better if I make a secondary channel, because again, like YouTube for me started as an expressive outlet, right? 
And then once we changed it now to BDGE, it's no longer like my expressive outlet. It's the brand's YouTube channel. So I, I wanted a secondary expressive outlet. So I'm like, maybe I'll just make the series into a channel. And now I'm like kind of torn between like, do I still start this out with a bang and do like a series that's like kind of epic and then just like continue riding the channel as like individual video? I'm like, I'm like torn between just start and like make videos that you know how to make or like because the series was just going to be a series by itself and I was going to try to make it like epic and like really high level production yeah. and that stuff's going to take a lot of time. Yeah, will you have the time? Yeah, now it's like, fuck, have I promised myself? Now in my head, I'm like, dude, I feel like I kind of made a promise to myself that I wanted to start like that and I don't know if I'm going to be able to pull it off. Yeah. And now it's like, I'm kind of like in my own head about it. Well, I think you have to be realistic because you're going to have so much you're going to have to do this year. So yeah. therefore, you got to just decide, are you going to go like full swing and then just like it's going to die off because you don't have enough time or you just start fucking small and let it keep going how you did BDG and let it go organically. I think the second way is where you have to go. Yeah, that's probably like, how you don't need to. explosions. You yeah. already have like the following that's going to want to watch it because it's you. So yeah, that's fair. So what's wrong with you? Get yeah. your shit together. Well, I was like, I wanted to make the first episode. I had a bunch of ideas where it was like the opening scene of, of me from five years ago, that first vlog I put out, like talking about me leaving my job. And yeah. I wanted that to like, segue like have like a cool kind of like um segue into modern day and it's me back at my mom's house sitting in that same chair oh, that's dope. and like that for like 50 minutes like a really cool well-produced video and like the next scene would be like me going through this, the streets of like Times square and like i had a few ideas for that and i'm like that kind of stuff's gonna take a long time to produce a video like that so long yeah and i'm like i don't know if i have the time like i would like to do that but i don't know if i have the time to I, you know i also want to start the channel off with a bang and be like oh like this is you know, he's here to stay with this kind of shit. Yeah. So that that's like why I'm torn between it, you know? Yeah. I mean, have you even looked at who you're going to bring on or anything for that channel? Or like... Myself. What do you mean? Aren't... Maybe I'm getting you confused now with Mr. Beast. But... Because <laughs> <laughs> no, you said you're going to help, help a few people. Or that was, no, no, that's so, Mr. So, Beast. No, no, no. You're, you're right. So a lot of people got confused. I basically laid out a goal. Yeah. I was like, by the end of two years, I want to have transformed 50 people yeah. from ideation phase to full-time content creators yeah. through my content though. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm not like bringing in a master. A lot of people are like, I want to be a part of that. I'm like, watch the content. Then it's not, I'm not like yeah. bringing people into like solo coach. I don't have time for that shit. Yeah. yeah solo yeah. coach 50 people, but I'm hoping through the two years of content, however long I do it for after two years, I'll have transformed 50 people. Did into you, it. did you see that channel more of like vlogging type of way or, or you just a little bit of a mixture? Yeah. More, more, almost the same formula I took with BDGE, where it was like 80% informational, maybe 20% behind the scenes. Gotcha. You know, maybe it was like Monday I do an interview like I did behind the scenes of fantasy football stuff, but with creators. So maybe like Monday's an interview, Tuesday, Thursdays are informational videos, Friday or Saturday could be a vlog or something like that, you know? So like three to four videos a week, I have a little bit of different spice on them, but I'm thinking to go more of just the informational route mm. and do like three, you know, 10 to 15 minute, like well done videos that teach people kind of along the way. And the cool part about it, I think the coolest part about it is I don't think most people are going to realize it, but it's also going to be me building up a side business yeah. of me teaching content creators. So it's like, people are gonna be like, Oh, I don't want to wait two years to monetize. It's like, but I'm going to be going through a two year process of monetizing me, teaching people how to content create. And by the end of two years, like I'm going to probably have built out a business of content creation. It's out of control. Yeah. Your sick. mind works nuts. <laughs> it's nuts. It's sick. You're nutty. <laughs> I'm fucking nutty. <laughs> You're fucking nutty. Goddamn right. Um, but I think I think this channel has like a has a real shot of and I'm not like trying to do this, but it, I, I think what it will come of it is, is making me more well known in like the content space rather yeah. than just like fantasy and sports and what you want. Yeah. Do you think it's not it's not necessarily yeah. what I want, but I think it's who I am. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, do you think with you going now you said everything's automated. Now you have Noah and, you know, Ice Editing, Max, and everybody. So are you kind of taking a back seat to fantasy? Are you still going to be doing as much? Or you haven't decided yet? Or do you do you think people are going to care? Or do you think you're just going to have you have such good creators now that they won't even care because the information's just coming? And that's all what really matters. Yeah, I mean, I'm still going to be doing a ton of fantasy content. But there will definitely be more people than usual that have been on it. Um, where we're at now is good because we have Mike and Noah who the audience already knows. Yeah. So they trust those people. The new guy we brought on, Noah, Noah Hill. Looks like a beast. He's, people fucking love him already. Yeah. I'm not surprised. 
I genuinely loved him. Yeah. And I was like, I need you to work for us because I, if I love your shit, other people are going to love your shit. The fascinating part of everything is like when you build loyalty with an audience, they also just trust you to do the right thing. Yeah. So when I put someone else in front of them, they have enough trust in me that they know they're probably going to like this new dude, you know? So it's like, if I didn't build a trust with them, then they'd have no reason to trust me putting somebody else in front of them, you know? So it's yeah, kind of like a natural progression of, of trust and relationship in that sense. Um, I, I'm not sure what I'm going to be doing during the summer when it's like really, really revenue based shit, because like Mike does dynasty focused stuff. Noah, the new Noah does dynasty focused stuff too, which kind of fizzles out uh, probably like May ish, June ish. Um, I have been talking to one or two other creators that I would like to help me out with season long stuff during the summer. So that I will have to figure out because that's how we make a lot of our money. Yeah, it's stuff that we're going to figure out along the fly. But this new, like this partnership that I said has made me feel very comfortable is like put me in a place where I'm allowed to step back and be like, I can go at this from a place of like true passion. Like they're allowing oh, that's me. That's great. To, yeah, they're allowing me to like be myself again, which like, is awesome. Somehow, I don't know how you got out of the burnout this year because usually you always do it. I think you just like, it was right there and you're like, I'm not listening. I'm not looking. And then you kind of went out of it. And I think this might be the first year you won't get burned out. You're just going to be super fucking excited. Because now you're doing the new channel, you're having, probably, you're going to have fun, you're going to be probably living alone in a, still the area you like, and then, yeah, you're going to have all your fucking boys with yes, you. it's going to be a good fucking, uh, it's going to be a good year. You always say it's going to be a good year, but this year I believe This is you. like the real This year, year I believe This you. is like the year that I feel like we're, it's like, it feels like the culmination of everything I've worked on is, yeah. is going to happen in, in 2022, you know? Oh, that's amazing. So last year's burnout didn't happen because I just didn't, I simply just didn't do what I had been doing to burn myself out, mm -hmm. which was a detriment to me. It, it, it truly showed me like what I wasn't passionate about working on anymore. Yeah. I like took a step back in the content department. Just if I was like, oh, I don't feel like doing this rather than like push through it. I just didn't do it. Yeah. Which was a, a bad thing for our business. But that's why I'm realizing like I need to start outsourcing some of the stuff that I don't want to do anymore. And we've gotten to a point where like, you know, we, we wrap that shit up pretty quickly. Yeah, dude. I'm just, I don't know. I just, I genuinely feel like in a year or two from now, I'm going to be able to look at what we're building or what we've built. And I'm going to be like, we're, we're doing some of the coolest shit out right now. Yeah. Like, I really think like, no, I think it's going to be dope. I think this, like, I, I mean, I called you this week. I was like freaking out of my head, but I was like, I am now officially burned out. Like in my work, like I, like I moved three different stores and I thought they were all for the right reasons. And now I'm out of work and I'm just like, dude, this ain't fucking it. Like this ain't. And it's just like, I think I've been hiding my burnout from move. I always move to different places in my uh company and now i'm just like if i don't the, the, like the next move i want to do is like my final move but i was like it has to happen soon or i'm gonna fucking jump yeah um i, th I think i think i said this too but like the problem with moving around and jumping is yeah. that like you can't run from your problems yeah and that's what i was i think i've learned that many times and it was i think it was not the first time i think work-wise it is so funny because i've been chasing my career to, up until this point and this was the point where I was like, now I'm going to be happy. And I got there and I'm like, fuck, this happened. And I mean, and it, I wouldn't even say like my personal life, it, like it's, it's great. I mean, Heather probably hates my guts right now because I'm like the most <laughs> moody bitch of all time right now. And it's affecting everything, but it's like directly towards work. And I'm like, are you more moody in that relationship overall? It's got to be her. She's more emotional. I okay. like, we can have all the fun in the world and then she'll say one thing or like do one thing. And I just... Snap! You just lose it, and I don't know. Like I, this is like an anger, and I'm like, like it's like a hundred percent. I damn the light went out, just like my life. Um. <laughs> anyways, I was gonna light that up at the beginning and be like, when this is done, that's like when we know to probably. Cut <laughs> yeah. It out. I think we're good. Let's roll. No, yeah, and I and I just think it's um, yeah, work has finally hit a stride of like I don't want to do this, but I think it's also you know it sucks. You are not everyone has a best friend like you seeing like what you're doing, and I, and I know what I can do for you, but it's just like. All right, I need this position so I can focus on that. And it's like, Steve, you're just like, I'm just in this fucking funk. And I just think I'm just like totally. Can I ask you something? Like, yeah. does me, because I never like, you know, you say that you're like, oh, you, having a best friend that's like in the position you are in. I don't really like think of myself as like someone who's, I don't have someone like me in my life that I'm yeah. like, you know what I'm saying? So I don't like see this and I'm like, oh, he's doing like some crazy shit. Yeah. Is, is having someone like me a good thing for your mental health, I guess, because I was, I, yeah. do you understand what I'm asking? Yeah, Cause yeah, I kind of yeah. want to ask like 
almost like my sister the same question, and I've thought about it before. Yeah. And it's like, I, I don't want this to sound like a, like a narcissistic thing, but like in a comparative way, you know, do you look yeah. at what I'm doing and be like, fuck, you know, he's this at this point or whatever. I, w- I would say overall it, it's a, it's an, I, like I, I am, I'm proud of you. So therefore the proudness doesn't like overshadows everything else, I guess. Yeah. But I would say like in a sense of like, yeah, if I go out and like majority, it's like, Yo, I'm doing good in my career, and then people always want to ask about you because I guess they can't get you on the phone, and then I have to do this whole fucking spiel of like, oh, this is what Nick is doing, this is how it's going, this is what it is, and then like, then, and then the other hand, it's like defending you from people that are like <laughs> saying stupid shit, and, and like it shouldn't bother me, then it gets me mad, and then I'm just like fighting that, and I get pissed, and then like I talk to Heather about it, and like she's like, like it's not your fight to have, like it's always my fight to have, <laughs> and then um, I would say the only thing I guess it would um. It would probably, like, uh, not affect me, but at some points, like, yeah, you were always, like, very, like, you can do whatever you want, you know? Like, we were just talking about, like, the concert, and you're like, I don't even know what day it is. I'm like, I need to know because I need to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. And, like, that could be frustrating, and then I have to change it with Heather, and then I get, but that's, like, also my fault not paying attention. But I would say, overall, it's not. I wouldn't say it's a bad thing. I, But I, you know what it is? I think it should. I never took it as a, not a competition, but to better myself. And I think... That's my problem right now. Like, like Heather right now, like, you know, like I've been fucking lazy. Like I, and like, I'm not happy right now. Like even like weight wise or anything like that, I've just been fucking lazy. But also like Heather saying certain things, which are trying to be supportive. It comes out combative in my head. Like I was saying, everything people are saying, I'm like, no, they mean it like this. It's like, no, they don't mean it like this. So I think that that's been my issues lately. And that's when I finally like texted you. I was like, I need to talk. Cause I'm going to freak the fuck out. And since I've talked to you and like, you're right. Like I was like, like I was doing not doing things for people because I needed something, but that's how like my mind started to go. And I'm like, I need to get out of that. That's not me. That's not why I do things. And This is not who I am. And I think I need to stop talking and do something, you know, like I'm just, I was just being lazy, but that's also like winter. And I was like, Oh think, yeah. You know. Everyone goes through their own little like depressive period of, yeah. of winter. And you start like questioning yourself and, and yeah. things like that. But like, like I told you, like this year's fucking huge. I'm getting married. Like your business is taking off. Fucking like I I moved literally three jobs in three months like two months ago. Yeah, that's why opening a new store that's doing horribly because there's no fucking business there, and I'm just fucking working my ass trying to get people in there and like being such a fake fucking person there because you have to be because I'm the manager, so they can't see that. Like, yeah, I'm freaking the fuck out. Like, yeah, it's not doing. That should eat you up being front facing. Yeah, it's so I would like I would have died after you know like two think, years of doing. And that I think shit. look, I think I I said this a couple years ago. It's totally fucked my uh personal life because when i go to work i it's like a fucking act i have to act make like make 17 to 20 people think everything's okay then like me and my director are getting reamed out and then i had then like a client just called me and then i'm gonna have to get on the phone and be like oh hi how are you what do you need me to fucking do for you so you think you take that to your your personal and i life think too? it's starting to come out of that because you're like, at a party and you're like hello yeah like i'm just, or or i'm just very reserved now like, I'm starting to become an introvert a little bit because I don't even, like... I feel you. ...know who I am, you know? Like, it's like... And I'm like, I gotta get the fuck... Like, and that's, that's why tough. I was like, I need to get out of this because, like, Heather's, like, l- l- dancing, living her life. Like, and I remember I used to fucking dance and live my life. Now I'm just, like, sitting there, like, like I oh, know I'm tired or, no, that's not how we should be acting. It's like, what the fuck? We're like, no, what am I doing? That's not me. Yeah. And I see you, you're cool as a fucking cucumber, and, like, yo, I'm gonna <laughs> get a fucking... Mic tattoo here so I can talk like this in front of people <laughs> and tell them to talk in my mic and I'm like I used to do that yeah so I think it's just like finally like uh, it's it's time to I need to pivot to uh, a corporate role so I can focus on like a two year plan with you like which we have but I need to focus like the retail isn't doing it for me I can't do it anymore I've uh it's yeah I can see me how into, that would yeah it's turned me into a fucking that's tough I almost yeah. I, I think a lot of people face that though where. You get stuck in a situation for so long that you think that's like who you become and then you forget how to act like. Yeah. And that's been like, I think the last two years. Yeah. And, but, but there are always time, you know what it is? I think you need to find times where you don't feel that way. You know, if you're like, oh shit, like yesterday was really fun. I felt like my old self again. And like, try to figure out like what it was about that situation. Like what the common denominator is between those situations that make you feel like your old self again. Yeah. And like try to surround yourself with that type of either energy or people or environment as much as you can. Cause I've yeah. even felt that way before too. Like where I'm working by myself for so long at a yeah. period of time that I'll like go 
meet a friend and they'll be with their friends or whatever. And I'm like, uh, I feel way more introverted or not myself. And like, that's not who I am as a person. Exactly, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so that's tough, but yeah, I've always been like the opposite of that where <laughs> I'm usually way too uncorporate in corporate situations. Yeah. But I think a lot of that like works to your it's advantage. Needed. Yeah. Because yeah. corporate people are like, Oh fuck. Like he's a, you know, he's a yeah. person. Like I can kind of let my guard down a little bit too. No, hundred percent. So I'm just working through that. I think like, I wouldn't say I'm like depressed. I would just say like, it's come to a realization that's like, Something needs to change. Everything. I think that's a big self-realization, though, because I think a yeah. lot of people. I mean, it feel... wasn't really self-realization. I think you just took, like you, you, you texted <laughs> me, and I'm like, "Oh, this makes a lot of sense." <laughs> like, you know, like, yeah. but that's what I'm like, and also like, dude, imagine like not having a friend that you can talk to. Like Heather sees it in one way, so like her explaining to me, a sounds like okay, you don't get it, or b it sounds like like too involved sometimes, you know, because all she sees is me, so yeah. it's like a different perspective. So like, and I'm like, damn, why don't people deal with this if they don't have People they can talk to, and I'm like, holy shit. And then I've... That's a whole nother depressing, like, thought. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, you know, I need to stop thinking of every thought. <laughs> that's that's what's happening right now. You control your thoughts. Meditation. Yeah, I guess. Or just, like, taking shrooms when the thoughts stopped for two months. It was awesome. <laughs> I think it fucked me up. Nah, dude. Yeah, they stopped and it came back. Dude, so loud. this fucking show, Severance... Is it good? Uh, Like, no. It's, like, very interesting. And I'm not... It's only three episodes in. It's directed by Ben Stiller, and it's about how there's this company called Lumen. They haven't really given a, a big background on a lot of things in the show. A company called Lumen, and they do this procedure on you if you work. Oh, I saw. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you do a procedure that they, work stays at home, and then they go into your brain, like no. take out a part of your brain where, yeah, like when you're in work, you have no memories of what you are outside of work. It'll be unstoppable. As soon as you take the elevator down and you walk out, you have no memories of what's going on in work. You can't like decipher the two. So if you're, so the work person, the work part of you literally only lives in work. It only comes alive once you go up the elevator. So you're in that office 24 seven, basically in your head. It's a really weird fucking show that I feel like is going to have a good twist ending. I'm not, it just came up on commercial. That's kind of why. Yeah. Thanks for um, talking about TV while I'm telling you I'm going to die inside. (laughs) Really appreciate it. That's what I'm here for. (laughs) Thanks brother. What else would I be? Let me shake your hand. Let me shake your hand. I love that note. Tweet. <laughs> what else? What else we got going on? Um, well, you got the office. You went to Cali. My depression. This espresso. Is it espresso? Espresso. Yes. I always say espresso. Espresso. Let me get espresso. Espresso. Does that sound right? Let me get espresso. It's true. Pretend it's got like an I instead of an E. Espresso. I espresso. Like that just wasn't how I said to do that. <laughs> But March, we're going to Boston, I think, to see the bleachers. Bleacher we probably won't even go. Are you going to get a date? Like, what's happening? Well, we got four to... I could probably get a date by then, but, like, I don't want to bring someone unless they're fucking cool. Like, I don't want to bring yeah. a date for the sake of bringing a fucking date, but... Like, I don't even know what to do at a concert. Do we, like... Are my hands in my pocket? Are we sitting? Are we standing the whole time? What shoes do I wear? I, you should wear these. Nah, dude, they get so messed up. I don't know the... I don't know the venue well, but I'm... I think... Have you been to a concert that you had seats? I feel like that's the weirdest it's thing. It's not going to be a seat concert. Because I remember one time we went to a Wiz Khalifa concert in Udell and it had seats. And I just remember all of us just like. Well, we were just so, we got so high before that. I never smoked pot in my life. Okay. Everyone there besides Steve got so high right before that concert. The Bleachers concert's not going to be seated. We already know. The, co- the cool thing about it, I think, is that we know the album, Strange Desire. Like, yeah, that's all we know the playlist already. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like... You know what's funny? I don't know the playlist, but I know the songs. I don't even know the like the titles. Well, I'm saying like you could yeah. easily go look it up and like yeah, you'll yeah. know it once it comes on rather than like, oh, I'm going to see an artist, but like you're going to play his new album and like a couple old songs. I didn't I don't know really they know. did that. I didn't know they're like, we're playing this album today. Yeah, I don't think they normally do it, but when they posted, that's why it was like, I, this is like my favorite album of all time. I'm getting yeah. fucking tickets because I'm going to be able to sing every fucking word. Imagine he's, they're like... We're just going to change it up tonight. We're actually going to do our new album. <laughs> I'd be like, yo. That we did t- during COVID. We were all sad. Fuck. That'd be big. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> love that. Everyone sit on the floor. You think I'm not crying at that concert? You're out of your mind. You think you'll cry at the concert? Maybe. If you get me drunk enough, I might. Challenge fucking accepted. Bing, bang, boom. Oh, I want to talk about our NFT project. Oh, yeah. Bring it up. So we decide. I told you about it, right? Or no? Yeah, no, you like sent me like an email about it and I read it and I had a boner the whole fucking time. About it? Yeah. She you send me everything. She I don't know if I emailed you. Um, yeah, so we have our first NFT project. And this was like really, really tough to figure out because the the whole NFT 
thing right now is so fucking corny and cringy and just like terrible. It's like every every NFT project takes the same road right now. They're all yeah. like, we've announced an NFT project. Here's our roadmap of what we're going to do. And it's always like, you're going to mint it. You're going to buy it for $1,000. And then in two months from now, you're going to be able to buy our merch. Like you're you're paying to be able to buy our <laughs> It's like a really, really just... Some of them are very cringy. Cringy ass process. Like some of these projects, they think they're like way more important than they are. It's like... No, they, none of them will be important in two years. There'll yeah. be like five of them that like really matter. a year now. Probably. A lot yeah, of them are saying two years, so it's a year. So I wanted to make sure that when we did this... You good over there? I need to just do this text real quick. Yeah, do that. Sorry. So I'm I'm trying to make sure I'm trying to make one more espresso in me. Maybe maybe I hit that. Fuck. I'm trying to make sure that we, under no circumstances, have a single motherfucker that's like fuck this project. Love I want to make sure that this is like one of the coolest use cases up to this point in the NFT space. The problem the problem with NFTs right now is that most people, the outside people that don't understand NFTs, only see art. They only see art versions of NFTs. And like, that's a problem. That's a communication problem from people who want NFTs to succeed. It's like, if everyone thinks art NFTs are what NFTs are, huge communication problem. It, it would be like, the way I compare it is like saying that Amazon is still a bookstore right now. Yeah. It's like people saying that Amazon's a bookstore. It's, it's like, out of control. Yeah, it's like, Amazon runs like, most people don't even know what AWS is, Amazon's web services. It's like a $50 billion, like they went from a bookstore to literally like hosting everything that the internet has to offer, right? Like people don't understand like how big, this is what NFTs are. We just haven't had use cases behind it in creative ways, but some people are going to do like really cool shit with it. We haven't had them yet. Most people just think it's art and think like the art section of NFTs is going to be so small in retrospect. It, it just happened to be like the first, part of NFTs that were mainstreamed, you know? Yeah. So that's the problem, number one. And I'm like, people are not putting utility behind the NFTs. Now we're seeing a little bit more utility behind it. It's becoming like membership access. Yeah. The problem with my audience is like, they're not an NFT audience, right? They already- Which is surprising. I thought they would be. Some of them I'm sure are. Yeah. Um, but they're not really an NFT audience. They The products that they pay for right now from us are like membership access things. So I, can't, I don't want to be like, oh, we're doing our first NFT and it gets you access into our membership. It's like, we already do it. There's no value added on top of that. We already fucking do that. Um, so I'm like, I want to do something that's fucking cool. It's like, what does our brand really at the end of the day stand for? It's like making content, having fun. Every All of our fantasy stuff is really based around the idea of like being in leagues with your friends and shit and yeah. like talking shit or whatever. I'm like, how do we bridge the value gap of all that kind of stuff together and make it our own? And I'm like, yo, we're going to run a big ass fantasy football league, right? Like 1,200 people. 100 leagues of 12 teams or 100 100 leagues of 12 teams in each league that would get the people going right and it's like our audience so it's like native to our brand we're gonna have to convert people to understanding what nfts are before they get in so the only way we're gonna call it the big dog bash the only way you love get, that the only way you off. get into the bash yeah we could <laughs> just the bash i love that the only way you get into the bash is by buying an nft it's pretty much like your username by buying an nft What's yeah. that? It's like pretty much like your entry, like ticket. Exactly. Yeah. But there's so much cool customizability that goes along with it because it's on the blockchain. Yeah. You buy the NFT, that gets you entrance into the bash for three years. So 2022, 20, this will be a yearly tournament that we run. Every year there's going to be this, the fucking bash running. It gets you entry into the first three years. What I really want to do, and this is like, I'm, I'm, I've been on the phone with a few Web3 developers and this could become like a legal issue, but... What I want to do is if you hold a bash NFT, anytime someone sells theirs, you know, like the cool part about NFTs is that the royalty yeah, feature yeah, yeah. comes into it, right? And like you sell it, whoever was the one who created it can get royalties and you can set it up so anybody can get royalties. So I want to have the royalty of a sale go a little bit to BDGE's wallet and then dispersed among all the other Big Dogs members that are in the bash already. Mm -hmm. So like if you're a Big Dog bash member and a hundred of these things get sold throughout the summer, you're getting a royalty on all 100 of those fucking sales going into your wallet. So you're probably going to make your money back from the purchase that you made originally like pretty fucking quickly off of it. That's a great use case for it. So I want the royalties to disperse. And then what I think is like the really beautiful part about it is that this kind of tournament sets up its own natural like rarity or tiers yeah. within the nfts right like people like to get the rare nfts yeah. right like it's if a project drops you want the one of one or you want the one of five or the one of ten rather than like the core one of 200 you'll take that one but like obviously you want the rare one so 
what 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 I want to do to make them more rare is the BDG members will each be in a league. So if there's a hundred leagues, like Nick will be in one of the leagues, Animal will be in one of the leagues, you know, et cetera, et cetera. We'll have probably like five rare leagues. So on the mint day, which is like the exposing day of like you, yeah. you know, you buy an entity and it, the art comes out on the mint day or whatever, you will expose you will mint your NFT and it'll tell you the draft slot that you're in. So like if there's twelve teams in your league, you're the one oh one or the one oh six or the one twelve, whatever, and they'll tell you the league that you're in, like league one or league seventy two or league one hundred. So it'll create this natural demand of, you know, the one oh one in Nick's league is you're, you're, you're in that league for three years. So you're playing against me for three years. So people in my audience are going to naturally want to play against me. So the one Oh one, the first pick in Nick's league is probably going to be like the golden fucking NFT yeah. versus like the one twelve in league 76, where you don't know anybody in the league. There's rarity tiers to it. What I want to do is in each one of those rare leagues have a grand prize for the regular season winner. Cause there's a lot of people in the, in, in the, yeah. in the whole league. Right. So basically the way I see this happening is, Weeks like 1 through 12 of the NFL season will be uh, narrowing down the winners of the actual regular season leagues, right? So you'll have the 100 people remaining, each person that won their individual league. Uh, the 11 other people are eliminated from the from the bash for that year. Then for the, the remaining like four to five weeks of the NFL season, that's where like the, the, the premium tournament starts where there's the 100 remaining people. So if you're in a rare league and you win the regular season part of it, you're going to win a grand prize. So we're trying to partner with all of these companies that will hopefully pitch in and sponsor and give away, you know, whether it's like a trip to the Super Bowl with your boy or like a trip to Vegas for like a a weekend or some shit like that. So we want the rare ones to be fucking super rare. Yeah, like out of control. Yeah, and then I think like piling on top of that, not necessarily like really, I mean, I have people in my network that I think are are probably cool and like semi like celebrities to the people in my audience, but within my network's network, we can pull in people that I think are like big time names, right? Yeah. So like those people, if they're in a league, like, oh, you're getting to play against, you know, like Turtle from Entourage or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's within my network's network for sure. Yeah. Get him in. He loves fantasy football. Like people are going to want to play against him. You know what I'm saying? There won't be a grand prize, but they're also, you know, it's you're like this, that, this natural yeah, rarity, yeah, yeah, yeah. like staircase is like yeah. making itself out of control. Present, yeah. I don't know, like how this all came together, but it's just like it does. I don't know why I keep picturing shoots like snakes and ladders, whatever it's called. Like it's just fucking <laughs> layers. Yeah, like he's just like, what's going on? Yeah, and and like and the beautiful part about it is like you'll want to flip. You know, if you're if you have a rare one, or if you want to, if, if you don't have a rare one, you want to get a rare one. You know, you sell yours, buy a big one. Those sales. Are, the royalties are going to those other people. Yeah. The problem right now with the web space is the web three space is it's very like wild, wild westy where like no one knows what's legal. So me giving yeah. out royalties is almost like a security. And like those people should probably be having to get taxed on those. Yeah. So it's like, I'm going to need to talk to a lawyer, but I've been talking to a web three agency. That's like, we're full service. We do who I actually got in touch with through Scott. So it's gotcha. like a well trusted yeah, yeah, agency. Yeah, yeah. They're like, we'll, we're full service. We'll do the development of the website for you, the minting, the smart contracts, the um, the smart contracts. Uh, we have a lawyer service within it. There's so many lawyers. Fucking all the lawyers. Lawyer like a bitch, I'll bitch slap you right now. <laughs> Not getting and I owe you money. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the beautiful part about it is like the people that own the Big Dog Bash NFT, are link- we have their wallet and information always on the blockchain. Yeah. So we can airdrop them NFTs at any point. If I'm like, yo... We're doing a live meetup in New York City next summer. You can only come if you have this NFT, and I'm airdropping it to everybody that's in the bash. Boom. They just got value out of nothing. You yeah. know what I'm saying? That's the beauty of the blockchain right there is being able to do shit like that with yeah. it because you have their information right on a fucking swivel. Fucking out of control. Out of control. Can I have one? Yeah, I'm probably going to give you one. I don't want to be in a league. See, there's a lot of like black, there's a lot of black and white with our project right now. Yeah. I, I wrote down a list of like 30 concerns that I have with yeah. with our NFT that we're going to have to play devil's advocate on. I'm a great devil advocate guy. See, there's going to be a lot of people, which is why I'm that happy. That just wants an NFT. But not, right, which yeah. is why I'm happy we're not in the NFT space. Yeah, We're yeah, in the BDG space. Yeah. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, so those people yeah. are going to want to play in the league. But like, I'm going to want to give you one. I'm going to want to give like Kelly one. I'm going to want to give people I know one because I know at the end of fucking three years, this is going to be the most epic fantasy league in the fucking world. Yeah. And those NFTs are going to be worth a lot of fucking money, yeah. you know? So I want to give people... that that fishbowl guy on Twitter about this. I met, I hung out with Scott Fish in uh, Vegas take for a while. And he has a good charity cause. It'll fucking blow up. No one's brain is processing like mine. Fuck fishbowl. Fuck a fish, <laughs> bitch. Okay. Um, sorry, Scott. I love you if you... Actually, Scott was one of the guys that... So very surprisingly reached out to me on one day on Twitter saying that he loves Y Yellen. 
fucking so Scott, I fish love you. You're back in the bowl. And you know what? I was a little bit hesitant to tell people about this idea because if like the fantasy footballers yeah. get a hold of this, like they're gonna We're pull done. us off. But I'll murder them. Okay. I'll murder anybody. It's good because the got, mindset I have right now. We got hella lawyers, dude. dude I'm untouchable. So to be honest with you, and and okay, so a lot of I keep saying like the most beautiful part about it is we have a lot of beautiful parts. But we're like our own marketing engine for this. We're yeah. we're a content company. So what I think we're probably gonna do is this is maybe a pivot we're gonna make, maybe not. Can you take that? No, no. fuck it. Let's go. Love that. <laughs> we might work we, someone might be dead. We might nix fade the public following E Town Get Down and have our weekly show, if not multiple days a week, following the bash instead. So oh, okay. Yeah, but we'll have everyone from the E Town Get Down in like not there out. They have to do interviews. Love that. Okay, we can interview them. But yeah. like, if we have, have to get the NFT, me, Animal, One Chains, yeah. Snacks, or whatever in the Bash, and then we just cover that. Yeah, the demand to get into the Bash will be so high because we're putting out content. And I think that's better. I mean, obviously, Eat Town Get Down is a beautiful thing. That it's fun. But if we can get the whole community involved with it, yeah. it's gonna be sick. And like, I don't know what the, you know what I was actually thinking the grand prize of BDG might be of, into of the Bash. It? Oh. No, no, no. The grand prize of winning. If you win yeah. the, you know, you win your regular season league, then you beat the 100 people that won their leagues. I might fuck around and give up equity in BDGE. Don't do that. Give up some shares. No. Yeah. That's Tony. Cut that Tony, cut that out. We don't need any of that. Nah, we in here. Nah, dude. We in no, we in here. I might give out equity to everyone who wins their league. <laughs> You're just going to give out all, <laughs> all of it. Yes. Um, so I have a lot of ideas that I've been, and, and once too we're many, in the office, and we're too many too, way too many. Yeah, yeah like, you need to cut it. But imagine I pull this off. Imagine. Dude, I'll be so rich Imagine. for no reason. That espresso is hitting you Yeah, hard. I've had a lot of caffeine today. Yeah, you're okay? <laughs> nah, dude, I'm excited. Dude. It's the first time we've been fucking <laughs> Look how happy you are and how sad dude, I am. Everything's hitting. Sorry. I'm going to give you an NFT, though. I might even give you like three of them. I might give you the 101 in Nick's League. Imagine. Me. Just to follow you. But I think like, see, the cool part about it is, is I want to I want to give off prizes to I want to have a lot of user submitted content, you know, yeah, like, yeah, you know yeah. like trash talk Tuesday or something. Send your your best like trash talk bit into the people in your leagues and like give away a prize. You know, we might give away a grand prize that we won't tell people that this is like a thing throughout the year. But like, whoever made the worst fucking trade throughout the year, like if you if you yeah. pulled off some shit <laughs> and we look back on it, you're like, yo, that was so bad. Like you win a fucking grand prize. So the customizability for something like this, since we control every aspect of it, is cool as fuck. You'd be amazing. A prize of like for one week. Max has to eat, uh, animal has to eat whatever they order for him. That'd be fire. That'd be <laughs> sick. Yeah. And, and, and like the, and the beautiful <laughs> part about this is something like this. People would pay mint prices right now have gone down a little bit. They're probably like 0.05 to 0.08 yeah. ETH, which is still like a few hundred dollars. Yeah. But I, if someone presented this offer to me and they're like, you can be in the league for three years and you're going to pay like, you know, 800 bucks or something. It's probably something a lot of people in my audience, I think would do because it gives you that three year access. Plus you're going to be able to sell this NFT probably for more than you originally bought it. So, yeah, yeah. So you could play in, years, in the bash yeah. for a, a, le a year if you want, sell it before year two, get your money back. You got to play in the league. Maybe you didn't win nothing, but yeah. you're still going to, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, it's, a, it's, it's just, it's, it's just limitless. a win, 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 win yeah, all around for very, fucking, very, yeah. you know yeah. what I mean? This yeah. is a use case for NFTs that people are going to be like, oh, it makes sense. It makes sense. This is cool. This Dude, is you're fucking Willy Wonka. You got the golden tickets. Let's fucking go. Yeah, That's what I'm saying, dog. All right, um, I don't know if this was 15 minutes or three hours. This, this we're definitely bordering on like two hours, 20 minutes. Yeah, 20 minutes. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> so the NFT is going to be like our main. I don't know where it's going to go from here, but the NFT could quickly become dude, all like, good NFT, NFTs go to the fucking moon. That's what I'm boy. saying, dude. Our uh, so I think our so if we mint it correctly, like we're we're going to be able to, I think, mint it at a high price. It's going to be a huge amount of income for BDG. Yeah. You know, a lot of it's going to go to the web development team. Obviously, we need to pay them. A lot of it's going to go to the, the grand prize giveaways. You know, unless you, unless it, we just give unless them we rug their pull. own NFT. No, we rug pull. <laughs> yeah, rug pull. <laughs> we fucking rug them. We pull it. I love that. You know, we just like grand prize and just don't give anybody anything. Yeah, dude, just run away. Fucking all in. Um. So if everything hits BDGE this year correctly, we will own. New York City. We, I mean, we already do. Which <laughs> city is this? This is our fucking titty. <laughs> our fucking titty. Um, yeah, if everything goes according to plan, we could pull all this shit off. Yeah. Which, like, not probably won't do any of this. <laughs> this will be a massive fucking year for us. But regardless, with or without, it would be a massive year. Yeah. This will just make it the biggest year. This will, this will, like, put us over the top and be, like, big time. Yeah, we'd probably, like, our next office would be in the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> I don't like, we would we, just do that. That's a horrible commute. 
You don't think I can jet skis there every day? <laughs> okay. I'm out. Jet ski. Will you fire? Yeah, I don't want to take a fucking jet ski at 20 degree weather in the fucking winter, Steve. We'll have two offices. Stain. That's, see, that I can get behind. Yeah. Did you say that first? Because it just can't. I'll let you have your own solo office in the fucking <laughs> Statue of Liberty. I'm in. I got like a lot of ground my... was covered. <laughs> yeah. A lot of ground was covered. Everybody is up to date on you and your NFTs and your apartment and space. I don't know why I can't say office, like your office. Headquarters. I just keep saying space. That's it. How's your sleeping? No one cares about how your sleeping <laughs> is. Does it matter when I fucking can perform like When you're this? electric like yeah. this? You you're need to literally a... <laughs> plug into an outlet? Like, does it fucking matter? Get up. No. Fuck. <laughs> fucking back, baby. Sit down. Sit the fuck down. It's a rat. Why are you yelling? <laughs> yes, <sir. laughs> hey, hey, hey. Nah, dude. <laughs> no. Dude, you gotta get Wi-Fi. You gotta get what's going on here. You gotta get Wi. You gotta go Bluetooth. <laughs> yeah, but now, but now I'm sad. So <laughs> Jesus, dude, man, you started beating me off for a fucking bike.